Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Straight Talk. In this episode, we're here at our Istanbul office with Cameron Degen. Cameron, Hello welcome. There. Hello, Alate. Good. Uh, this is the very first day after uh, the elections in Turkey, the second round of the elections of Turkey, which has resulted with yet another victory for Erdogan. And um, here we are uh, sitting and talking about how the future will look like with Erdogan. Uh, what he what did he do to win these this elections? Because it's 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 such a big thing, isn't it? I mean, the guy's been in the power for the for more than two decades now. And um, what were some of the uh, events that uh, led up to his rule and regime, and and in general overview of Erdogan's um, performance? As much as uh, you know, we can we can think about it. Uh, there's definitely a lot of people who are wondering how. Um, especially starting from this very industry, how Turkey will change in the next five years. So to begin with, let's address one simple fact, Cameron. Erdogan has been in power for the past 21 years. True. And you and I, we both are uh, following the, the the political narrative and the media, and then everybody was saying, you know, this time the elections were going to be very hard for Erdogan. The earthquake happened, the inflation, the, the sliding lira, the, the war up in Ukraine and Russia. You know, this time it's very, very hard for Erdogan to win. On top of that, the entire opposition came together. Up until the polling day, up until the voting day, yes. most people thought that this time Erdogan is going. But something happened, and not in the first round, but in the second round, he got pretty much the same amount of votes and he is now the president of Turkey. What is your take on the past few months that we had as as an you know as a, as an election period? How was Erdogan's performance, and why was he able to win the way he did? He won the elections for the third term, despite the fact that the opposition um, parties were most hopeful on this occasion that they were going to oust Erdogan. Mm -hmm. But he won the elections for the third term. And all along, if I look at it, leading up to the elections, um, I see a man who was very, very confident that he would win. Of course he was. And I wasn't. I wasn't confident that he would Nobody win. Nobody was. And, and, and I wasn't every, either. Yeah. And but he was. Especially, I'll tell you, when this earthquake happened, right? Earthquake happened in February 6th. Elections were May 14th. The day it happened, I said, okay, this is a disaster, and forget the elections. He will postpone the elections at least yes. one year, you know, because this particular area needs regeneration and rebuilding and humanitarian aid and what have you. He didn't cancel it. And despite everything, the the, the, the lira is, is now going to 20-ish, whatever. Everybody expected that, okay, this time Erdogan is no more. But he himself, he never doubted. Yeah. He, he genuinely haven't doubted. Yeah. I mean, it, it was yeah. not a political move that I think, oh, no, okay, no, he no. needed to look no, so... He knew. He, he, he knew. knew. He, knew. he knew. I think one of his strengths is the fact that he seems to read the Turkish public. He, he seems to really have the finger on the pulse in terms of 
what the opinion out there is. Right. And, and he reads it very, very well. Let me ask you a question. How many times have you witnessed the elections or election times or election campaigns in Turkey? This well, one, 2018, 14, 2011 perhaps. Exactly. And, and, and you followed many, yes. right? From outside, and, and I'll tell you, this is a, straight up, this is a narrative. I'm not going to say from which way this narrative comes from, but it is a narrative. The moment you have a, a strong leader running mm. a country for 20-something years and winning an election again, people think, oh, our election's rigged. Oh, this there's an authoritarian, re oh, there's no democracy in Turkey. How can somebody stay in rule? You have been a, a prime witness for all the elections com campaigns and everything. And Erdogan didn't win the elections in the first round, okay? Somebody who's an authoritarian running the country with an iron fist, he, he, he could have won in the first round, but he wasn't able to. Yeah. Do you agree with these statements of Turkey's becoming an authoritarian regime, the, the elections do not matter or whatever? Or do you think, which is what I think, Is this an unprecedented show of democracy and you are seeing a leader who has solved the puzzle of winning elections? Well, Aladdin, the first round, the 14th May elections, the turnout was 90%. Right. Now, two weeks after that, the country holds yet another general election and the turnout for the second round was 85%. Mm. Now, when you compare these turnout ratios to the rest of the world, you will immediately realize that 85%, 90% are rates that we hardly ever see in the world these days. That shows to me that the people of this country want their voices to be heard. Mm -hmm. And they will do anything within their power to have their voices heard heard mm -hmm. now if this is not a full-scale democracy then what is right and when i look at the elections no i don't doubt that i don't think the elections were rigged at all of course not, not at all and in fact i think both erdogan's party and the opposition party and their leaders they did a very very good job in supervising the elections and making sure that there are no doubts that are right. cast over the validity of the elections. And you know what? I give them full credit. Sure. Yeah. Full credit. Yeah. Very high turnout and elections that went very, very smoothly. Now, this is to me a sign of democracy. Let me just reinforce what you just said. Had the opposition was more consistent and, and had run a better campaign, maybe better thought campaign they could have won the elections 100% and they, they just 100%, lost by 100%. look at how they lost 100% yeah. 52% yeah. 48% yeah. The, the, the margin isn't that big though I know, you know I know from the viewpoint of the opposition I think they missed a historic chance right to win mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into my reasons as to why Mm -hmm. They lost and why they did not manage to win, despite the fact that there is very high inflation in the country that has begun hurting people's pockets. Yes. Definitely. Undeniable. Um, despite the fact that 
the government came under some criticism, mm. rightly or wrongly, sure. for allegedly mishandling the first couple of weeks of relief and support efforts after the dramatic earthquake we had three months ago. Right. And a few other things that certainly um, appeared to be um, negative um, perception among the voters toward um, Erdogan and, and, and Erdogan's party. Despite all of those, he won. Yeah. Why? Why did he win, despite all of those? I think two reasons, Alad. Two reasons. One, stability in the past 20 years that resulted in a significant growth in Turkish economy over 20 years. Let's not look at the last year or two, or the last three, four years even. Let's evaluate this regime over their full period that they have been in power. Mm -hmm. Let's not look at their last three years, four years. Let's not get too hung up about inflation being rather high today. Yes, not a very good thing to have. I certainly wish that wasn't the case. But that's a matter of the past couple of years. That's, that's what it. I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at. If you look at their span, the 20 plus years, they moved Turkey, or rather, I'll rephrase, Turkey moved under their regime um, from being, I think, 20th largest economy in 2002 to, from what I understand, your figures again, 11. 11th largest economy this year. Right. Now, that's a massive jump. True. Yeah. Massive jump. If you look at the GDP growth of Turkey from, 2000, from year 2000 to, say, year 2022, that's a 22-year period. Turkey's GDP growth um, was second to China and a few other countries. Turkey is in the top five globally in terms of GDP growth. Among the developed world. Among, yeah. the, among the developed countries. All these are definitely um, things that Erdogan can show and say, you know what, all these happened mm -hmm. under my watch. And he's not wrong. Do you remember before the show, we actually talked about, I, I, I talked about an analogy. I compared Turkey to France uh, so, mm. so that people could better understand. But um, uh, let, me, let me just talk to you about despite what that happened in Turkey. Yes, in, that was the trend from, uh, to, from after 1999-2000 until 2010-12, you know, 11-13. That was a trend in the world and Tur Turkey got hooked up with the trend and they moved the wave mm. up. But despite what? Think about it like this. Yeah. And let's, let's talk about from 2002 until 2023, what happened? Suppose Turkey is not Turkey, Turkey is France. And Turkey's neighbors are not Iraq, Syria, Armenia, Iran, Georgia, Russia, Ukraine, Bulgaria, Greece. Suppose that those neighbors are Germany, Belgium, Switzerland with their Alps. Spain. Yes, Spain, you know. And um, maybe Italy by the uh, border a little bit. And, and maybe Portugal, if you could say, with the maritime yeah. borders. And again, with maritime borders, UK and, and Ireland. 
And if you just throw a few stones, you have Netherlands there. You, you've so, got so the Scandinavian the countries as Scandinavian well. countries. So let's assume France is Turkey Right. Now. So let's assume France is Turkey. The year 2002, Erdogan comes to power. A year later, America invades Germany and millions <laughs> of people are killed. America says there are ma weapons of mass destructions in, in Germany, Germany. In Germany. They go in there, they invade Germany, they kill people, they occupy Germany for decades. D displacing millions of people in the process. Yes, destabilizing the region. Who are having to go through France. Right. And because that's the nearest neighbor. Right. Now, Bavaria creates another country, North... Westfalen, whatever, uh, <laughs> the, the Western region creates another country. Berlin says, I am the central authority and I create another country. And all of a sudden, out of Germany, so many insurgent organizations come up and they're weaponed and weaponized. And they're right on your border. Right on your border. So your trade. Posing a threat. Yes. Security threat. Right. Political chaos. Right. Or, or you name it. Your trade comes to a halt. Oh, my God. And then what happens? Then what then happens? Spain. There's breaks a up. civil war There's breaks out. There's a civil out. war in Spain. Millions of um, Sp Spanish uh, are displaced. Well, over five million of them have to cross into your borders. Yes, and you need to take care of them. As and France, you need to look after them. Yes, and and there is this um, organization called um, Eurasian Union, led by this country called Turkey. Okay, Eurasian Union, they're, they're very wealthy. The Eurasian Union tells you that, hey, France, keep the Spanish refugees, we'll pay you so much exactly. money. Exactly. Make sure they do not cross over to our side. Of we course. don't want them in Turkey. Yes. You keep them in France. Because, because we have stability in Eurasia. Because you are a very wealthy country, France. Right. So you keep them in right. France. Right. All five million of them. And in your northern border with Luxembourg, you have some historical issues dating back from 100 years and you, your border is closed. And the, the Luxembourgians go over US and, and other countries uh, creating, uh, saying, oh, you know, we, we are persecuted, this, that, let's pose implications on France and let, you know, ask for reparations from France or whatever. They continue lobbying around, the Luxembourgians. And all of a sudden, between the Nordic Union a and big UK, war breaks up. a big war breaks out. UK attacks Scandinavia. All of them. All of them. All of them at once. Because all of them at once them, because they claim their territory. Right. But amidst all of those, there's a region called Basque region between Spain and in France. They're separatists. They want independence. And somehow your ally gives them weapons, trucks, loads of weapons and say, these are freedom fighters, France. Um, we are weaponizing them to create a state in Spain, but from time to time they're gonna come to Bordeaux while you're drinking your red wine, and, and they, they're gonna end up in a shootout. But but that's okay. No big deal. You know, deal. Uh, maybe they'll plant a bomb here and there, but that's okay. But we 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 gonna we're gonna weaponize them, and then you know there's uh, th there are different regimes in 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 Switzerland, and the, the, you know the, there's uh, the, there are so many. Um, <laughs> different regimes in 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 Italy and 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 problems. There's there's fascists going around and and Switzerland is a money laundering place and whatever. So your other neighbors, Belgians, they hate you because you have occupied the Belgians for four hundred years, right? You have changed their language. You, you you have not given them any rights to live. So Belgians are your arch enemy. So with all these. Um well, 
catastrophic things going on along your borders that have direct impact on you as France, you still managed in the last 20 years to deliver very large GDP growth overall in excess of 5% per annum, if you look mm -hmm. at it. And um, you have certainly managed to keep the full integrity of the country. And some countries call, say, oh, France is run by a dictator. You see the level of hypocrisy. I think, I think this was a good analogy, uh, so you understand well, Turkey's you position. Something. Let me right. ask you something. Okay, we know France is not run by a dictator. Right. However, the circumstances that Turkey, by being where it is located geographically, right. has been subject to in the last 20 years, the wars, the separa separatist movements, um, war breaking up in Syria, Terror millions of people crossing your borders, and whatever. Those, despite all of those, could Turkey possibly survive unharmed if it wasn't for a very, very strong leader to preside over all of those? A strong leader that, among some circles, is viewed as an authoritarian leader. I, I, I leave it up to you to decide. They had the regimes of 90s and 80s, short-lived oh coalition gosh. governments, oh were in God. power in that period. Turkey would be... Its economy would be half of what it is today. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it would have no control in, in its maritime borders, yeah. wouldn't be able to launch oil and gas exploration campaigns in the Eastern Mediterranean or, or in Black Sea, wouldn't even be able to cross into Syria to shut down ISIS and uh, the other yeah. groups and yeah. what have you or whatever. Wouldn't be able to do trade deals with uh, Russia and other countries and everything. And, you know, Turkey would be... Uh, a puppet country, really, wouldn't would, wouldn't be able to develop well, the way I mean, it look, developed. I'd say all of these are the reasons that, despite certain problems Turkey has today, such as inflation, etc., does Erdogan managed to win his third term? These are the reasons, right? So, <clears throat> with this new president of Turkey, uh, brand new president <laughs> of Turkey. <laughs> what uh, the next five years uh, is going to look like, do you think? There are a couple of things that that Turkey realized in the last several years. Um, I call it the awakening. Turkey realized one thing, that Turkey is not well positioned to be a low-cost manufacturer of the world. Elaborate. Whatever products or services you manufacture or you sell, there are two ways of competing. You're either cost competing, which means you're basically saying, hey, I am the lowest cost manufacturer provider, or you're competing on product differentiation, which you're saying, hey, I'm not the lowest cost, far from it, but I'm going to give you a product that you can't find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So people will specify your product because it is highly differentiated. Yeah. Turkey has to move toward product differentiation. In other words, Turkey can no longer be a low-cost provider. Mm -hmm. So if you're not a cost competitor, then you need to go up the value chain, mm -hmm. which means you need to produce higher technologies. You need to provide goods and services that are value-added. And technology 
in today's economy is one of the top drivers of value add. In the last 20 years, from 2002 to 2022, Turkey's R&D expenditure has gone up by 10 times. Right. It's about I don't have the figures, two, 200 billion dollars. And the last 100 billion dollars of it happened in the last 3-4 years. Now that's 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 quite significant. That right. means Turkey is now investing in research and development. Turkey has made some significant improvements in technology. There are certain companies in Turkey now that are known as unicorn companies. These are companies that within a t- time span of two to three years, they moved from nothing to, to several <laughs> yeah. billion dollar market caps, market right. capitalizations. And most of those that show that in the graph, such massive increase, they're in technology sector. Right. So Turkey is investing in technology. Turkey is investing in research and development. Turkey is investing in adding value to products and services that it exports. If Turkey continues on this with our young labor force, with our um, increasingly educated workforce, within the next five to 10 years, in my opinion, Turkey will be a major competitor in the value-add products and services sector in the world. Now, that's where you start creating brands. That's where you start charging premiums. Now, once a country moves to that stage, then you realize that a lot of things Hmm. that are problematic now, such as the depreciation of Turkish lira against hard currencies, those kinds of things, they tend to sort themselves out. Inflation was one of the big arguments yeah. in the election campaigns, both the yeah. opposition and uh, for the ruling party as well. In the next five years, what is going to be the policy against inflation or combating inflation? And this is, again, one of the things that Erdogan was heavily criticized about, his so-called unorthodox interest rates policy. Right. Because, you know, there's high inflation, so in order to curb inflation... The orthodox macroeconomic policies is you play with the interest rates. You increase interest rates, so you reduce demand and you curb inflation. Short story. Right. Um, Well, Erdogan did just the opposite. (laughs) As inflation was going up, he was reducing interest rates. Right. Now, he was heavily criticized for that. Right. Um, My jury is out on this. Mm -hmm. I can see the arguments. I mean, I certainly see his argument um, in terms of, no matter what, I will not slow the economy. No matter what, I'm not going to apply the brakes on Turkish manufacturing and Turkish industry. I'm right. going to stimulate growth, hence lower interest rates. Right. I get that. Uh, to their defense, I can tell you that um, they say we're going to stabilize the inflation about 20%, which in, in Turkish lira terms, 20% is not all that bad, uh, by the way. Um but their aim is to bring it down to 8%. To single, to single figures. Right. Single so digits, so their, yeah. their idea is in 2024 and 2025, uh, we'll see inflation coming down. And or after 2025, in, in, inflation will go down to single digits. So that is what they said about the That's inflation. That's their agenda. That's what they intend to do. Yeah. Overall... I'd say that um, Erdogan winning the third term 
certainly hails continued stability. Right. Definitely political stability. And I think for Erdogan also, these elections have been a wake-up call. Mm. Although I could see he was all along confident that he would get it. Um, you know, even the strongest one of us would realize, wouldn't fail to realize how close yes. a call it was. How yeah. close a call it was. And how the opposition parties, despite the fact that some of them hold very, very different views to one another, mm -hmm. despite their differences, they managed to get together just to oust Erdogan. Right. And, that and, was their mission. And, and and I think that's a noble thing to do, to be honest with you. They tried. Right. And, and, they, and they, again, they tried. to me, this yeah. is democracy. Of course, I, I give them big credit, the opposition. Look, we're neither here nor there. We're, no, we're absolutely. Not, we're not any supporters. But when you look at it from the opposition's viewpoint, they tried. Kemal Kruz, they, they tried their what, best. what he has done was yeah. um, only a few countries in the world have attempted that, to bring out five, six, seven different fronts together. Exactly that they wouldn't be in the same room under normal circumstances. Exactly. And those fronts, right. they managed to support Kılıç Daroğlu. Right. Kılıç Daroğlu almost and, and won the presidential both election. Opposites, yeah. Almost won. He, he had a great run. And and, and I'll tell you, I, I have seen some of his interviews, Kılıç Daroğlu's. He, he he makes a lot of sense and he's he's really calm. And oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. represented yeah. the side um, that, that Erdogan does not represent. <laughs> and um, he appealed for the rest of the people. And, and he was in, he was quite successful in getting Definitely. the 40, almost 49% of the votes. Yeah. And, and I take but my head off. This is what that. I mean. Yeah. Erdogan, he's got another five years. Yeah. But knowing Erdogan, he definitely does not intend to walk away after five years and say, I've done my part. You guys do whatever you That's not Erdogan. Erdogan wants to leave a legacy. Right. So he certainly wants his vision of Turkey to continue. And right. his vision of Turkey is economic prosperity. Definitely, this is number one agenda, right. economic prosperity. Strong country and in the region. And a country that exerts power and influence right. in, in the hemisphere it is in, globally. Right. You know, knowing him, he would want to end his next five years in such a way that he almost hands over. You Which see what I mean? Which he will, by the way. This is his last term. But yeah. hands over, not just to any old other party or any old other ideology. He does want a con to see a continuation of, of what he started. Of course. That's the kind of man he is. Which, to me, means that having observed the opposition almost winning against him, right. and he wants to leave a legacy, He's going to have to change a few things. Mm -hmm. And those things that he's going to have to change, in my opinion, do need to be changed. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to, again, go into detail. Mm -hmm. They need to be changed. And in my opinion, again, they are the reasons that he almost lost the election. Right. So if he manages to improve those things then I think that's going to that's gonna deliver a much stronger Turkey in the next five years, in the next 10 Correct. years. Correct, I agree. Now, let's talk a bit about our industry, yeah. how these elections will affect. Well, rather than the elections, uh, how our industry will look like until the next election. Well, let me give you some very interesting statistic. Tell me. Today is the 29th. Yes. It's one day after the election. Correct. The results barely came out. Right. 
I was talking with Mohammed lunch, right. lunchtime. Right. I said to Mohammed, how are the leads? How are the inquiries? What's the traffic like? You know what he said to me? Triple, he goes quadrupled. To me, Cameron, traffic today doubled. Yeah. It's back to so many months ago. Right. Because in our sector, the last two, three months in particular, the turn with the turn of this year, we have seen a gradual reduction in the traffic, Low the edge. visitors, the leads, yeah. uh, the demand. Now, immediately, one day after, he goes to me, bang. It's right. zoomed up again. So that also means, well, it tells me one thing, that the foreign investors out there eyeing up Turkey, as they always do for potential investments, they certainly want stability. Right. And they see Erdogan winning as stability. Correct. So I think it, it's going to facilitate and it's going to speed up investment coming into the country. Right. That's what I think. To say a few words about our industry that I would say in the next, I mean, we, we got the local elections coming in in 2024. Uh, and I think the biggest challenge in front of Erdogan uh, right now is the rebuilding of the cities that were that were destroyed. Uh, the cost Urban of which, regeneration. Right, the cost of which they say is going to go up to $100 billion. Yes. And you have uh, local elections of 2024. Now, Erdogan's lost Istanbul, Ankara, and 11 major cities. He lost the big cities. And, yeah. and, and the big cities desperately need urban regeneration. So um, to our audience, I'd like to say that Urban regeneration now will be at the forefront of the election campaigns of the next election. Definitely. Because how do you Definitely. Uh, win Istanbul back? Because Istanbul is in the opposition now. The, the Istanbul mayor is is the opposition. You need to promise people something. You, you, you need to give them a vision, show them and a one red of, apple. One of the uh, most important things for people is these urban days regeneration. in Turkey is the roof over their head. Right. After the dramatic earthquake right. we had. So and would you like to finish this episode with an investment advice. Now all that is said and done. I say we now have from now till the end of this year, whereby, yes, the market will come back, but not as fast as we would want it to. Right. Which means we now have a window in front of us of five to six months, whereby, in my opinion, it is time to invest in Turkey. Right. It is time to invest because I expect with 2024 and onwards, Turkish economy should start doing better and better. Right. I do yeah. think inflation will start coming down. Well, that's the policy. Okay. Yeah. I do believe Going it will forward, start coming yeah. down. And I do think if we had a time machine and if we could go forward three years, I think we, we, we're going to be seeing a very active real estate market. And I think we're going to start seeing prices going up again dramatically, which is not something I welcome mm -hmm. because the higher the prices go up, more people will be priced out of the market, more, 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 more Turkish people. But there is, that, that is the way it happens in most countries. And, and, right. and unfortunately, I think we will, we will see prices going up here as well. But, but there's a way that they will balance it. Maybe there's, mortgages there's making it more accessible and, and, and with and a few Toki other instruments. And Emlak Konut creating yes. a lot of affordable yes. homes I know, for yeah. uh, a lot of people that they yeah. could purchase with loans, with, These with are good paybacks. The government What is not going to happen is companies. in the city centers, you won't find affordable properties. Those days are There'll gone. There'll be a change right. in demographics, right. I believe. That's yeah. inevitable yeah. in any developing country. Yes. A hundred years ago, the profile who lived in Manhattan is not the same as the profile who, who's living there. 
And um, this goes for London and this goes for yes, everywhere else. Absolutely. And, and Istanbul is not immune to that. And it's even inevitable and will happen. I agree. I agree. Yet, uh, there's the flip side of the coin as well. So, let's... Um, well, what do we do? We, we wish. Well, I mean, we wish look, I mean, good I luck we, to the uh, new, brand new president. Well, I think of, we should say congratulations. Yes, you know? congratulations. Um, he won a hard battle, and he won it. Right. And and um, you know, as we always say, we truly wish the best for Turkey. May it bring peace, stability, and all that. You know, and yes. and too tired, really. Yes. Man, for the past two, three weeks, two, three months, I'm I'm tired of yeah. following elections. So, what do you want? And uh, yeah. you want to have a holiday? No, I, I I want elections to 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 be done in the first round. The second round is just yeah. The second you know, round of elections. I, I didn't so, like it. Yeah, to be honest like with you, I, I didn't like it. In the past, I he, mean, the the past two weeks, life right. came to an almost standstill yeah, in Turkey. Yeah, you and know, you would call, you would cover takeaway restaurant, no and the guy would yeah. say, well, "I'm waiting for elections to be over." Right, right. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Right. So okay. Like Thank you very All much right. for watching, and hopefully, see you in the next episode. Take care.